Hello and welcome to the Get Pucks Deep podcast. I'm John. And I'm Zach. And here we have the, it's Thanksgiving week, so we're going to haphazardly prepare this and uh, get this out to you as fast as possible. Throw this together quickly. Yes, um, I did, and I spent literally probably the least amount of time on this doc ever, but as always, I always copy and paste the format over, but still. This is the content people want to hear. Yes, yes it is. Dog update, she's not in the room with me right now. Perfect. Okay. So our topics today for tech hockey, we have, of course, Joe Schonauer. Um, we have the Michigan Tech Huskies, who are 5-5, five and five, versus the University of Alaska Fairbanks Nanooks, who are 2-8-2. Two, two. Hashtag welcome to the Carlson Center. Um, then we have some NCAA game results. I don't know why I'm talking so fast. And uh, 25% of the uh, NHL seasons happened. Yeah, wow. It's uh, This happened fast. Yeah, hockey. Let's do that hockey. Yeah, as they say in hockey. So, first up, we got our Clarkson recap. Yeah, that was I gotta a series. Get, I got to get something off my chest here, if that's all right with you. Sure. Okay. Clarkson, get your crap together when it comes to streaming the dang games. Yeah, that was pretty bad. The, it was worse than Alabama <laughs> Huntsville, and that's the, saying something. The white balance was awful. The, the sound the was awful. Was, the, the sound the cam- was pretty bad. The camera was 100 feet behind the play. Oh, yeah, that which is impressive since it covers about 70% of a 200-foot rink. Or 70 feet but out of a 200-foot rink. So I'm, it's I'm like, not even kidding, though. It was yeah, 100 it, feet behind the play. Oh, yeah, there we, were times we, where it was in the... We were still seeing, like, our zone, and the puck was in their zone. Yep. Good job. Oof. And then, then they just slap an ESPN label on. Oh, by the way, I got to cancel that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just a reminder, if you're listening, you signed up for ESPN Plus last weekend to watch the games, you should cancel that before you get charged. Guess what I'm doing right now? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, processing requests. We're doing this live on the podcast. Manage. Wow, this is entertaining. Cancel subscription. to listen to. Finish. Swedish? Close. Boom. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Um, Hey, Zach. Hey, John. Um, in that game two, who started in goal? That would be... Um, uh, who was that? Was that uh, Tanner Kiro? <laughs> I believe it was Devin Kiro. It was Devin Kiro. Or um, did you know that the uh, the brother of one of the Blackhawks defensemen was on uh, Clarkson's team? He has oh, he a was. very finished last Duncan name. You want to hit me up oh, with that? Oh. Not Duncan Keith? No, no. Uh, Yoki Haru? Yoki Haru. That's how you actually say it. Yes, not however the heck that nasally. Man, I got nothing on how he said it. Yeah, but that, no, that's not how you say it though. You oh, said I, it right. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying I can't see, even reproduce what he did. Exactly. You see, what I really wanted to do was I wanted to fly all the way out to Postam just to give that guy a bottle of nose spray because that Eastern nasally spray thing was like nasally accent was one of the worst things ever. It wasn't good. No. Anyways, it's good to know that um, the ECAC streaming service is just as bad as the refs. So, that's good to know. At least they're consistent across all boards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Consistent level of quality. Their hockey teams are meh. Their streaming service is meh. And their refs are meh. Oh, God. Their refs were pretty bad. Yeah, that's that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, we're not going to get into that because that's controversial. 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 You're controversial. The doggo is now on my feet. 
anyways, so we lost both games at a score of three to one. Um, empty netters for the game goal, goal number three both nights. Clarkson basically kept us to the outside. We couldn't get any penetration in on power plays or offensive plays for the most part. And then they kept getting some wacky goals, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say the most disappointing thing about this series was our lack of ability to do anything on the power play. Uh, Clarkson's been struggling a lot on the PK, and we've done pretty well on the power play thus far. And Our power so was, play dropped over 10 uh, spots in the NCAA rankings. Yeah, I, I was expecting us to do much better. I was very happy with the fact that we were able to draw quite a few penalties, um, and I thought that was going to be the key to the game. It was if we draw penalties, our power play can get to work, and they've done pretty well usually. That should have been bad defending against it, and so I thought that would work, but we went, what, 0 for 10 on the weekend? Something like that? Yeah, over it 10, was, over 12, one of the two. It was bad. Our power play percentage dropped from 11th in the nation to, I believe, like mid-20s now. We're at a straight 20% now. Yeah, we were at like 25% before going into the weekend. Yep. So, going into that, we had the Joe Sean hour happened today. Um, we... He took it away as a little better than we did. Um, he said that we were playing well, which I guess we were because we didn't really like, get blown out. But I mean, we did we did outshoot them in a few in both of the games. Uh, Friday a little bit more than Saturday. Saturday was pretty close, uh, and it didn't really look like we ever were out of any of these games. We could play with them, but yeah, I I think that if we want to go anywhere, we need to be better than Clarkson. And this weekend looked like we were about the same as Clarkson, and they just got bounces. Yeah, I'd say so, and a little help from the officials, but anyways, um, he also mentioned that uh, we need more two-way two, two two players. All of our players only have one Ray, like Raymond Bryce. That's the only Ray we even have on this team. We need two Rays. <laughs> two Rays, two Furious. Two-way players like Chris Leinbringer or a Mark Auk were specifically brought up where you can have them in the offensive zone and they're not a defensive liability. He and he may have hinted at one Gavin Gould on that front where he's good offensively, but then there's no, no defensive production or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, production is kind of hard to measure in the defensive zone. Um, and I don't think I necessarily agree that Gavin's a liability defensively, uh, but it's not the strong point of his game. Um, it was an it was an it was an implication, not not really calling him out. He said most of the people who are skilled offensively aren't necessarily the best. I mean, he even brought up Mike Neville for the fact, or not Mike Neville, uh, uh, Patan, Alex Patan, Alex Patan, yeah, about how he was really 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 good offensively, but then he's never on penalty kills. He's never out there in like defensive zone faceoffs, that kind of a thing, and that's why he's not in the NHL. And Joshan straight up said that, and that's why he's in Europe. It's harsh but true, yeah. Yeah. I mean he he's said it straight up, so mm-hmm. I'm just repeating no, his that's, words. That's that's probably a fair assessment. He's got I think he has the the offensive potential, talking about Patan here, uh yep. to at least be an AHL player. Um and he wasn't able to to do that. And I think that yeah, not being able to play, you know, stuff like PK and not being able to take a lot of face off, stuff like that, that definitely uh diminishes his value. Yeah, exactly. And then you have basically just offensive forwards. Like, I guess the best way to say it would be like a Patrick Kane. Like, that man does nothing defensively unless he's, like, kicked in the butt to do it. 
Like that's that's the one thing I give the new coaches. He's actually forcing Patrick Kane to go back on uh, pucks that are shot out of the zone. But yeah, I guess that's just where we are right now. We need our offensive, our major offensive guys, to be a little more active in the D zone. And I kind of agree with that. Your thoughts? Uh, well, just to to be clear, I, I wasn't able to listen to the Joe Sean Hour because we're kind of rushing through this. We're recording it shortly after the Joe Sean Hour came out, actually. Uh, so I haven't had a chance to listen to it, so I don't know but exactly shortly what after, he said. He means he's had all afternoon to do it, but he's been I busy. was at work. So was I, and I still listen to it. Yeah, I had to do things. So did I. That wasn't at my desk. I can't have okay. earbuds out on the plant floor. I mean, you'd think you would be able to for that noise protection. No, they have to be, like, ear protection, but they can't have any sort of input to your ears like you can't be listening to something because you have to be Uh, listening for there's a lot of like uh forklift traffic going around so you have to be able to be on alert as to where those are so they don't want you to be distracted by what you're listening to okay i disagree but okay i can understand uh, 22nd update on safety in plant environments (laughs) so i wasn't able to listen to josh on our uh so i don't know what he said exactly so it's hard to comment on specifically what he said uh but going off of what i've seen um i do think that the part of what the issue is is we're not really getting the puck out controlled very well um so when we get in this in our defensive zone um a lot of times we're just kind of like chipping it up and hoping we can get there first and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't uh but if we can carry the puck out of our own defensive zone and with control we have a much better chance of gaining the offensive zone and with control as well and so part of the way that you have to do that is by having your your forwards come down to support your defensemen so that when they pick up the puck they either have someone to pass it to they've got options and if you don't have options you have to just like beat someone one-on-one and that's hard to do so yeah. a big a big thing to, to try and contribute to solving that issue would be having uh, a lot more forward support in the defensive zone. Exactly. So those were the big points, I guess. Um, again, we're still playing uh, goaltender roulette. <laughs> I yeah. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't give you a good guess at who's going to be starting this weekend. I want to say Baydoon, but I I don't see it happening for whatever reason. I. If you took away experience, I think Baydoon would get it. But if I had to guess, I'm going to guess that Joe goes with one of the veterans and he either goes with Caro or Jurusic. I know Jurusic's first year at Tech, but he's played several years at college before. Uh, so my guess, gut instinct, is he's going to go with Caro. But I'm hoping he goes with Baydoon. Yeah. I just I think we should give him a shot. Um, regardless of he's stopped everything he's seen, even though he has he has come in in relief. So there there is that little that little note by his record right now. But I still think it's worth a try because we haven't tried it yet. Right. I think he's he's earned the shot, and I'm yeah. hoping that Joe gives it to him. He also mentioned um, what Clarkson did really well and what we used to do with Jamie Phillips is we just let the goaltender defend and then we take care of the rebounds. Like, because we knew Phillips could stop the shots. Clarkson knew their goalie could stop the shots. It was the rebounds they were worried about. So they let the goalie make the save, and then they would st- stop the rebounds. And I think that's also a good point to bring up where we 
didn't really have that many chances after the first shot. Yeah, I have nothing to really add to that, but it's it's a yeah. good point. I just thought that it was an interesting note. He really kind of gave in, dove into that. Um, so up next here we have our uh, preview from last week for the Nanooks. They played the Chargers, and they split with the Chargers, so the Chargers finally got their first win. And this was in Alaska, correct? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's um, that's a little surprising that, that Fairbanks lost to Albion Huntsville. But, um, I mean... The Carlson Center's magic is just wearing off. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not terribly surprising. The Alaska's been pretty bad. Uh, Fairbanks um, is as well, but, you yeah. know... Some some are, uh, are particularly good this year. Yeah, I got some I got some stats here from my uh, my preview notebook here that I write every time I do uh, an article here. So for their defense, they have five freshmen and then four upperclassmen and two juniors, two seniors. Forwards, we have four freshmen, four sophomores, four juniors, and two seniors. And then they have two goalies listed. Um, we have Anton Martinson. He's a junior with a three point two four goals against average. A .892 save percentage, and he's 0-7-2. And, and then we have Gustav uh, Gringles, I think. I think, yeah, sure. G-R-I-G-A-L-S. Gringles. He's a freshman with a 3.28 goals against average, a .894 save percentage, and he's 2-1-0. So, as you can see, the, the stats for the goaltenders aren't really anything to write home about. Yeah, I, I was looking at the team stats actually just now, and both, you can't use their you can't use their website. It's last year's stats. I'm not looking at there. I'm looking at on the CHN website. Perfect, CHN hit us up with that sponsorship. Yeah, so Alaska has a .888 save percentage, which I can guess what Michigan Tech is. .999. .888. <laughs> oh God, it's that bad. Yeah. Our both save percentages are 0.88. Yeah, but here's here's the thing to note though, their power play percentage is only at 11.3 percent. That's yes, 55th compared, in the nation compared to our 20th, uh, 20 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a contributing factor to that is we're shooting at 9.6 percent, which is pretty average, and I would expect to stay about that level throughout the year, maybe up a little, maybe down a little, but around there. And Alaska's shooting at 6.8 percent. Which is uh, okay. really bad. Um, I mean, it's not historically bad, but last year no one finished below seven. I don't think even the year before that anyone finished below seven percent. So they're gonna start putting more pucks in than they are right now. Let's just hope it's, it doesn't start this weekend. Yeah, we just have to hope that it's it's not this weekend that they start. But yeah, their power play has been pretty awful. Their penalty kills all right. Uh, but their their power play is awful. Their shooting percentage is pretty bad. Save percentage is all right. I no, it's actually pretty bad. <laughs> it's just about as bad as ours, though. That's yeah. Their that's the only their penalty they're... kill is pretty decent at eighty point three percent. Right. Their penalty kill is pretty good. Power play is bad. Save percentage is bad. Shooting percentage is bad. Like all of these are indicative of the fact that they're two eight and two. You know, this is a series that if we don't sweep. I'm going to start to be really worried. Yeah. Um, it's just, they're just an unremarkable team this year. That's the, that's the sad, hard truth about it. Yeah, there, there's really nothing that they're doing 
that is even really above average. Like the the best stat that you're looking at for them is, oh well, their their penalty kills eighty percent, and that's pretty middle of the pack. Like, yeah, that's about. I will say average. compared to last year, I was looking at last year's stats. They are a lot cleaner of a team when it comes to penalties and uh, degrees of penalty minutes and stuff. Like last year as a whole, they had two hundred and forty penalties. Wow. Yeah. And six majors and seven ten game misconducts. Jeez. Yeah, so they have cleaned up their play quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. My guess is due to all the freshmen incoming, but. Anyways, um, yeah, I kind of I say we should sweep. If we don't sweep, start to get worried. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real worried if we don't sweep this series. Something Again, is, the, the thing I think the determining factor for that would be um, injuries. At least that would have to be the biggest factor. So if we don't right. have a Mitch Meek, if we don't have a, a, a Jake Jackson, um, Eric Goats, Gavin Gould, if he is hurt, right? That that is a fair point. Um, this is kind of similar to to how last year was. Uh, not quite the same, uh, but we did kind of struggle out of the gate, and then we had a real rough stretch. Uh, from I think it was around like early December to to late January, it was really rough because we had several key injuries, um, and we were Jake able to Jackson get Jackson gets hurt every freaking year. Jackson was hurt. Ranky was hurt. Uh, Baltus was hurt. Uh, I feel like I'm missing someone else, but um, there were a couple of Keegan big, Ford was out. Ford was hurt. Yeah, but Ford didn't end up coming back. Uh, I'm trying to think of guys who came back for the playoff run. Um, uh, Jackson. Yeah, I think that might have, it might have just been Jackson, Baltus, and and Ranky, but it, just those two, three, those are three really good players. Um, and so they came back and were able to get healthy by late January, early February, uh, to be around, ready for the the team to make a run in the playoffs, and we were able to pull off that. You know, the last month or so of the season, we looked really good, and then. You know, we still didn't think we'd do anything in the playoffs, but we pulled off the miracle run. Um, and at this yeah. point, that's kind of what we got to be hoping for again. Um, I, I don't see us winning uh, Nat Large bid unless we just like go nuts from here on out and win out and just like, oh, we swept Mankato and Bowling Green and Lake State and, you know, everyone in the WCHA. It's like, okay, and, and maybe. And win the GLI. Right. And, and win GLI and, you know, Basically, we'd have to win out, maybe split Mankato, and yeah. then we could talk about an at-large bid. But that's not looking realistic at all. So I think our, our best bet at this point is to try to get healthy and hope that we can pull off another run through the WCHA tournament, um, and that that's that's our shot at the champion uh, national tournament this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that statement. Um, something something else to note is just this is a, a young team. There's a lot of young players on it. So if we don't do anything this year, like we're going to have a lot of this team back next year. As long as there's considerable amounts of growth on the team, I'm not too concerned because it'll be a lot of fun to watch the team play next year. We lose one defenseman. That is the single best part about this, about this team. Yeah, we that lose would be really one nice, defenseman. assuming that no one goes to the NHL, but I don't think anyone on this team from the defense is going to be. Um, 
there's not a standout player um, really that I'm seeing that was you know like Ranky or or Matt Roy the year before. Um, yeah, for sure. like, okay, but yeah, I, these guys these guys are better than anyone else on the team. Um, so I, I would imagine that all of our decor comes back, which would be huge because we've had a couple of years in a row now where we lost lots of our our starting decor. I think every year, honestly. Anyways, we're going to move on to our, our second period here because Zach has a Leafs game that we got to get to. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, and we got 24 minutes. Let's go. Okay, second period, NCAA results. Um, plug in CHN app because it's amazing, like normal. Okay, Zach, hit me up with those upsets. Harvard splits with Arizona State University, and at this point, I don't know who's upsetting who because I, I don't know how good Harvard is and... Arizona State's been really good, but also it's Arizona State, so it's hard to really believe that they're good yet. But, <laughs> yeah, that was a series that happened. Okay. So then uh, St. Lawrence split with Minnesota, which is great because it finally ended up kicking Minnesota out of the rankings. Two weeks um, too late. <laughs> better late than never. Uh, AIC sweeping Air Force. Like I just what? I thought that was a big thing because the Air Force is usually the big yeah no big that is I I I didn't realize that happened that yeah, it happened that doesn't make a lot of sense so that's cool uh, Michigan split with Penn State I think that that sounds about right actually Penn um, State's like fourth in the country really yeah I didn't think they were that good this year they're eight and one or nine and one. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the Denver splitting with UMD. That was actually... That's, so did you see uh, the highlights from the second game on Saturday? No, I did not. Holy cow. So with... Sorry, uh, Penn State is sixth at 9-2-0. Okay, thank you. Yep. Um, Denver was up 3-0 going into the third. Uh, like four or five minutes into the third... UMD finally scored a goal. Um, first goal of the weekend at like five minutes into the third period on sat- on Saturday. And then they scored again like two or three minutes later. And then they scored the third goal to tie it up and send it to overtime with 1.8 seconds left. Was it like a face-off goal, or was it just as the time was going down? No, as time was going out, yeah. Like, they, they had possession. They shot it up, like, from the point. They shot the puck in. There was, like, a mad scramble in front of the net with, like, two seconds left, and it rolled past the goaltender. Like, it wasn't, like, a shot. It just, like, there was chaos. The goalie's laying down. He thinks he's on it, and you just see the puck, like, rolling on its edge into the net, and... W- goes in and there's 1.8 seconds left Shoot, so they man. go to OT and Duluth ends up winning it in overtime and the goalie just like Denver's goalie you could just see it beat him uh, over his uh, right shoulder and he just like went up to try and get it and then in the same motion as him like going up it was like a smooth up and down and he just like fell face first on the ice and just laid there like it was just like green. broken. It was is beautiful. Go watch the highlights of that if you haven't seen it. It was great hockey. Yeah. 
So next up we have Western Michigan sweeping Nodak, and Nodak is still ranked for some reason. Hey, you're the Hawks now. That's all I got. Yeah. We have Colorado College splits with Miami because Colorado College isn't ranked. Um, WCHA out of conference recap. Besides our game, we had St. Cloud sweeping Bemidji two to nothing and seven to four. That hurts. Kind of expected. I mean, yes, but still a lot better. It's St. Cloud. I can't ever be happy with them winning. One more step, Riley Sweeney. One more step. (laughs) Yeah. So our WCHA recap. We had um, Alaska Anchorage at NMU. NMU won both games. Uh, three nothing the first game. Uh, Two one next game. Hi doggo, please be quiet. Then we have LSSU at Bowling Green State. LSSU wins game one five to nothing. Bowling Green wins game two five to two. So that was surprising. And then we have Ferris at Cato. Cato swept. Cato wins seven to one game one and five to two game two. Surprise, surprise. Cato's good. Surprise, surprise. Ferris isn't. <laughs> Ferris is all right. They're not they're, good, but they're, they're I'd all say right. they're in a pseudo rebuild right now. I'd say they'll probably finish like sixth or seventh in the conference. Yeah. Like, so next they're up not we good, have, but they're all right. We have polls and rankings with John. We have St. Cloud as our new number one. And then we have five WCHA teams in the USCHO poll, which surprised me. We have Cato at third, Bowling Green at 12th, LSSU is at 20th, and they're receiving a ranking for the first time since 2016. Wow. Yep. Bemidji's receiving votes, and for somehow two people voted for Tech still. Two local boys. Good old bangers. I'm not sure if they were just old Clarkson guys, and they just said Tech, (laughs) and then they assumed Michigan (laughs) Tech instead of Clarkson. Oh, boy. Maybe. Maybe. That makes sense. Yeah. Someone's part of the Tech Alliance. That's got to be it. (laughs) Clearly. So then our USA Today poll, um, we had St. Cloud at number one. We had four WCHA teams ranked or receiving votes. We have Cato at third, Bowling Green State at 11th, Bemidji receiving votes, and LSSU receiving votes. So, some pretty surprising teams in there in Bemidji and LSSU, but I'm, I'm happy for it. I, I'm not surprised with LSSU. LSSU has looked pretty good. Um, Bemidji, that one's a little more surprising, but I mean, it's hard to blame you for losing to St. Cloud, uh, and they were receiving votes previous weeks. So it's not entirely surprising. I don't know why Tech's still getting votes. I mean, I'll take the pity vote, pity votes, but um, like I said, I, that, I believe they, they were, thought they were voting for Clarkson when they said Tech. That that might be. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Anyways, um, third period of the NHL. Um, so Zach, twenty five percent of the seasons happened. Uh, that that's all I got. You want to hit me up with that uh, Nylander or Matthews news? Twenty five percent of the season without Nylander, man, that's rough. It it'd be a lot more rough if the Leafs weren't fourteen and six. Um, I don't see Nylander playing this year. Man, I don't know. I, I've been very confident up until recently. Um, the The thing is, is I don't think that Dubas is going to trade Nylander unless someone offers him a lot for him. So, I mean, I'd hate to see Nylander leave, but if you get a ton of stuff back for him, I guess I'll take it. Is he just refusing um, to play? What? Is he just refusing to play? Uh, so he doesn't have a contract right now. He's an RFA. Then how can the Leafs trade him? Oh, because uh, he's restricted. They, they own his rights. Okay. They own his rights forever, basically. Hey, it's 2018. No one can own other people's rights. <laughs> uh, you can in the context of a sports league. 
Okay. William Nylander is free to do whatever he wants, but if he wants to play in the NHL, he has to play for the Leafs until he turns 27 or the Leafs trade him. Because and he's 22? And he is 22. So if Rick. he wants to play and the Leafs don't want to trade him, he's got two options. Well, three options. He can play in the Swedish Pro League, he can play in the KHL, or he can play for the Leafs. And he could play for whatever the Leafs want to give him. And right now, that sounds like it's about six and a half, and he wants about eight. And so at some point, either... I don't understand. See, see, here's my point, though, is at six and a half million, what's, what, what, what's the big difference between six and a half and eight in terms of the grand scheme of things? Because what are you going to do with that extra $1.5 million a year? From the Nylander perspective or from the Leafs perspective? From from just any human being earning money perspective. Oh, yeah. from I, I, I agree with that. But on the other hand, like, it's also hard to... If you think that you're... I don't know. It's... I, no, I get I it. He thinks he's worth more, and I, under, I understand worth more. that. And yes, I agree. If I was given $6.5 million, I don't know what I would spend it on. But also, if I thought there was a chance I could get another million and a half dollars a year for the next eight years, you know, that's another like 11, 12 million dollars, something like yeah, that. But you also got to keep in mind, that's, though, this is probably this is this is his dad is causing most of this. His dad did the same exact thing back when he was a player. He did that kind of stuff a lot. Um, yeah. So that, that's what I'm getting at here. Is yeah. The, so the, I'm not I'm not sure how much of this is his dad. He's part of like, his no. His well, dad is part of his manager managerial team. Right, but I don't know how much of this is. Let me, let me try and make this more clear. I don't know how much of it is his dad is running everything, or it's just he's kind of taking some advice from his dad and he's going, yeah, no, I think I agree with that. Or if he's just, uh, or if he actually if he believes the same things that his dad does because that's just how he was raised, or or where it comes in. I don't know whether it's because there's some people who are talking about this like. You know, Nylander's just this puppet and his dad's playing him to try and get more money in the family. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't necessarily buy that. But, I mean, it could be. I'm not involved in any of these conversations, so I don't really know. I'm just guessing. Um, I know, but what I'm just saying here is the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree in in that terms. And it seems like he's just pulling the shenanigans because his dad did it. And his dad's like, it worked for me. It's going to work for you, even though it's like 20 years difference. Right. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, The the thing is, is if they're going to play chicken, the Leafs are going to win. Like, assuming they're both willing to go because... You know, the Leafs are going to lose out on having Nylander, which is going to suck. But the offense is clearly still doing all right. I mean, would it be way better with Nylander? Yes. Is it bad right now? No. And so, you know, it sucks to not have him. But if you're going to have to pay him so much that you're going to struggle to sign Marner or Matthews next year, it's not worth it. Um, And... Nylander just does the way that the that RFA and UFA contracts work and how that all like their bargaining agreement is working out right now. He's just screwed. He gets to play for the Leafs or he gets to not play in the NHL for the next five years. Unless the Leafs decide to trade him. And I don't think the Leafs are going to trade him for anything less than a lot because they know he's worth a lot. You see, what and I don't understand is, why doesn't he do what Tavares did and take the pay cut because he's playing with a great team? 
Like, like if I, he, if he if he I, does I don't know. if he just if he takes the six point five million dollars with the contract and they're able to sign Matthews, Marner, keep all those guys, they they got a dynasty right there. Yeah, like, and that's that's something you have to wonder is like, how much is winning worth versus how much is the money worth, and it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say because I am not in that situation. It's hard to say because it's different for every person. And you, know, you just don't know um, how much it matters and how much it matters to be, you know, on the lease. For example, I think we'll have a much easier time signing Mitch Marner because he's from Toronto. He's a huge Leafs fan. He yeah, loves where he's at. He loves being on the team. And while he's still probably going to make a ton of money, he's probably going to he's going to make less almost certainly in my mind than he would if he went to the open market. You know, if yeah. Marner, assuming he continues playing 90, 85 to 90% of what he's done thus far this season, he's on pace to have like 85, 90 points. He's playing out of his mind right now. Um, yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to play that well all season because that's, you know, crazy. Um, so assuming he cools off a bit and he has like a 75, 80 point season, he could go out and he could probably make. 10 or 11 million dollars on the open market because some team's going to pay him. Some team who's got cap space and no star players is going to say, fine, we'll throw a million, uh, 11 million at, at Marner. He's really good. Um, but the Leafs aren't going to have space to do that because they're already looking at having 11 million locked up in Tavares and probably another 11 or 12 with Matthews and hopefully six and a half with, with Nylander Cyril can it maybe like <laughs> Hopefully, like eight million for Marner, something like that. Um, and yeah, so, no, I, I fully agree with you. It's just, but it's yeah. an unfortunate situation. Only time will really tell. Um, so, he has what, uh, uh, eleven days, twelve days. Yeah, he's got signed by uh, five p.m. on December first if he wants to play this year. Yep. So, eleven days then, after counting today. Yeah. Not a lot of time. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So other than that, I got nothing for the NHL. Um, uh, or overtime. Real, I got I got one real quick thing on, on Matthews update. Uh, okay. He is still skating with the team. Uh, yesterday he was in full practice, but still had a no contact jersey on. But he was doing the the full practice, uh, just without contact. And this morning he was in an optional skate. Uh, he wasn't wearing a no contact jersey, but. Um, there's really not a lot of contact in those optional skates anyways, so there's just speculation as to whether or not uh, that was because it didn't matter because they weren't going to be really hitting during the skate or if he was no longer needing a no-contact jersey uh, for practice. Okie dokie. Um, so other than that, I got nothing. Um, our fantasy update is um, Zach and I are still first, both with the same record of 6-1, and one, and we're playing each other this week, so we will give you an interesting update next week on who's actually the best in the league. Definitely. In Zach's defense, he has multiple players who are injured. Yeah, in, in my defense, Matthews is hurt, Brock Besser is hurt, and Nylander hasn't signed yet. <laughs> so, In my defense, though, Patrice Bergeron is currently out. In my defense, Oliver Ekman Larson, Rasmus Dahlin, Tyler Myers, Joel Edmondson, and Ryan Pollock. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> my defensive core is actually pretty pretty dope. Yeah, but I also have a filthy forward core. So so do I. What are you talking about? Okay. Nathan McKinnon, Bergeron, Tachuk, Stahl, Couturier, Monahan, Morrow, okay. Duchesne, Tyler Jamie Hall, ben. Taylor Hall. Phil Kessel, Philip Forensberg, hey, hey, hey. Johnny you, Gaudreau. You exploited one of our friends who was AFK at the draft for Taylor Hall. I don't know what you're talking about. I was being a good friend and gave him a goalie who wasn't hurt. Corey Crawford's way better than what you gave him. Uh, actually, Crawford's been playing way uh, substantially worse than Bishop, and he was healthy for the three weeks that, um, you know, All Crawford, I had Crawford like sitting on my bench for three weeks hurt. Um while Bishop was Moral putting up numbers. Story, and my he's still defensive core is great. My forwards are pretty damn good and my goalies are not the best even though they are good. There's really bad my, teams. My forwards are disgusting, especially once they get healthy. Yeah. I mean Nathan McKinnon's really really good this year. Oh yeah. Miko the the whole first line for Colorado is disgusting. Yeah. See, uh, like I watched them season, play again last this night. This season so far so I stupid. have Two players on my team averaging 4.7 points a game. That is disgusting. But other than that, yeah, we'll we'll tell you who's the best person in our team or in our league. My dog is, like, trying to jump in my lap now. And, uh, yeah, Zach, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, so don't forget to get pucks deep. Get pucks to the net. And uh wins the mocking games. Thanks. Bye.